0: Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks.
1: Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, and we welcome you back around for another episode. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And tis the season. It's time to talk some holiday and Christmas music. Is that Santa I hear coming down the chimney here oh, oh, into the studio?
0: Oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck.
1: Wouldn't that be a topic for a movie?
0: I drink too much milk and Santa's lactose intolerance.
1: Well, that oh. was partially the topic of a movie, that particular part there. But I don't know. Wouldn't that be a topic? Santa gets stuck in the chimney. I feel like that would be more akin for a television show than it would be for a... A movie but even still it's an idea sounds like something kramer would get caught doing in seinfeld oh my goodness yeah <laughs> right stuff himself too much with food and then maybe put a pillow underneath the suit and then suddenly Kramer stuck yeah
0: hey speaking of stuck how about a lame excuse no rick no nick they're claiming winter storm and travel hazards on the morning we're recording this uh the snow hasn't even fallen there's not even a light mist In fact, it's still sunshine and kids are flying kites outside the studio right now, but they're claiming treacherous travel conditions, so guess who's pinch-hitting? Once
1: again, yeah, we've had to do this, what?
0: Lazy, lazy, lazy.
1: What is this, 18, 19 times that we've had to do this? These guys, I don't think they even care at this point. I'm
0: surprised they've managed to survive. You know what they do when they get thirsty, don't you? They just go outside, open their mouths, and wait
1: for rain. Oh, my word. You know, I I do think we need to consider getting the marquee changed here for this for this podcast. At some point, we should get the marquee changed. Yes, but it
0: rolls off the tongue.
1: Uh, it does. But, I mean, at this point, people don't even expect Rick and Nick to show up. We don't expect Rick and Nick to show up. I mean, yeah. I was sitting in my armchair at home. And when I got the call, I was just like, "I, yeah, I know. I you're, didn't even have to pick up. I just got in my car and drove here. You're
0: slower than me. I was already on my way out the door. Heard the phone rings, saw the caller ID. Yeah, on my way.
1: Yep, exactly. So we, we've come to expect it at this point, basically. And so here we are once again. But we are here to talk the spirit of the season and to talk holiday and Christmas music in particular because – this is a niche all its own, and at this time of year, you know, we've made the turn into December, people immediately, they they start thinking of, decorate the house for Christmas, it's time to make Christmas cookies, hey, let's put a movie on, and let's put a movie on that is for this particular time of year, because... Unless it's like Christmas in July, or unless you have a real, real inkling for these movies, you're not pulling them out and watching them at this time of year. No. uh, Unless it's this time of year.
0: Well, there's some of those non-traditional movies that get busted out year-round, but I think if it's middle of July and you've busted out National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, people are going to start looking at you a little weird.
1: Correct. Yes, And and mainly because you get those people who they just can't wait for christmas time to roll around and and all that comes with the season so they need a little bit of their fill
0: i will, i will say this and i know that we're saying we're recording this in early december so now like you said tis the season i know people that on halloween night had a christmas party i'm not even making that up I love Christmas is probably my second favorite holiday of all holidays. Love it, love it, love it, love it. But everything has a season. No holiday, no
1: matter what it's for, deserves two months. That's right. You gotta be kidding me. It's it's too much. And I think it also takes away from the enjoyment of Thanksgiving a little bit yeah. as well.
0: Poor Turkey, they don't they don't get any love. You know, Santa's already infringed on that, you know, and Thanksgiving night people are running to the stores and yeah, I think it's gone a little overboard. I I feel a pushback in a way. Not that people don't like Christmas. Of course, a lot of people, you know, Christmas, come on. But I think it's starting to get pushed back to within its bounds. Some stores good. just aren't opening on Thanksgiving night, and that's a good thing.
1: And yet some are still opening at ridiculous times. Rant over, just had to interject. Yes.
0: It seemed an appropriate time.
1: It, it did seem to. We, we seemed to build into it. So, But now we're here. We now are It's a indeed. good time. Dave, I think the, the biggest question to ask when it comes to talking about Christmas movies is what constitutes a Christmas movie? Because you get those movies that maybe take place at Christmas time or during the winter months, but they don't count as Christmas movies in some instances, or other people would say, I don't know if I would count that as a Christmas movie. Like, we'll get into some of those those crossover movies, but what in your book constitutes a Christmas or holiday movie.
0: Honestly, even it may be a non-traditional Christmas movie. Is the setting? If it's Christmas time, it might happen to be, you know, uh, Jingle All the Way. It might happen to be Die Hard, which is set at Christmas time. They are officially de facto Christmas movies. So we're going to plunge right into you, it and well, talk about not, Die Hard. Not, not necessarily. But. We'll get there, but if it's set at Christmas time, you got yourself Christmas movie. You know, that's part of the thing now. Whether Christmas is a background character, so to speak, or if it's front and center and it's all about the Christmas spirit, like every movie on Hallmark, then that's another thing. But if I'm going to sit down and watch a traditional Christmas movie, then it's something that is about Christmas time, not just that that happens to be what the calendar is. Um, If it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's the stress of the holidays and finding humor in the stress, or finding the true meaning of Christmas and doing something good for somebody else. Um, or like every Hallmark movie would be,
1: finding the perfect guy. Oh, because he's so dreamy. Right. Every Hallmark movie essentially goes the same direction. Every single one. Even the people who enjoy Hallmark movies accept that and understand that, which that's a whole other category that we're going to have to get into. But but I agree with you. I, I think setting setting is what allows for the Christmas... Movie genre to have such a broad spectrum to it, because if you set even a piece of the movie at Christmas time or around Christmas time, you're liable to have it be considered a christmas movie yeah and and you can do that, and I know that the release of the movie, I think you know even stepping out of the bounds of the movie, the release time of the movie, I think says a lot about it too, because you will get those movies that have a christmas or holiday setting to them, and they'll also release it at that time of year. And that's kind of the... That right there is the double whammy. If you put the two of them together, you've got yourself a bona fide Christmas movie. It's going to be put in that genre, in that spectrum. It might even not get released on DVD until next year at that point. I've seen that happen before, where a movie will be released in theaters one holiday season... Next holiday season, it gets released on DVD. Well, Either that or he gets a re-release on DVD.
0: And like other big holidays, whether it's Halloween or Fourth of July or whatever, sometimes they'll just slap something on it to make it Christmas-centric, thinking that that'll be enough to get people to go see it. I'm looking at uh, Tyler Perry's Madea Family Christmas. You know whether you're a fan of Medea movies or not. You know just because they have a Medea Christmas movie that comes out around Christmas time, it's going to get a guaranteed response. But it doesn't mean that it's a good movie that you probably should see. But I give everyone license for their own guilty pleasures. Guilty being the key word.
1: Correct. Yes, because people have those where you look at them and they like that movie, and you go, "Huh." Well, but it worked because they they just did the
0: the Boo Medea Halloween movie part two. Oh, Medea's been all over. Oh, the Oh, she'll yep. do Arbor Day before we're done. You know, a I got Medea, a
1: tree for you. A Medea Arbor Day. I I would love to see that. That'd be that would be funny. Plant if it, this. Because then you're getting super meta at that point, And I think that's hilarious. That that'd be a hoot. It'd be that funny would be a if hoot.
0: it'd be funny if they put at the beginning of the next Medea movie, kinda like they did before Tropic Thunder, where they had those fake movie trailers for the Oh my the, gosh. I, it'd be funny if they were like, We're really gonna go serious with this. It's a new groundhog day something. It's a new Arbor Day. <laughs> Happy Labor Day, Medea goes to work. We could wow. just keep on going.
1: Wow. Yeah, we really could. Yep. <laughs> but setting, I think setting is is a huge piece of it, certainly. And the other piece of it, too, is the the time of year that it gets released. And, you know, we'll we'll discuss a little bit more about maybe what some of the limitations may be. Because, again, this is, it is pretty much stuck to one time of year. But you do get those people who love to watch a Christmas movie at any time of year. And even with some of them. You can you can put them at any time of year. Like I, I sometimes will see on on Freeform, even back when it used to be ABC Family. You'd occasionally see Home Alone pop up at a different time of year, and it's like, oh, they're they're showing Home Alone or Home Alone 2 right now. That's interesting.
0: I remember I'd watch that when I was younger, whenever, and it felt a little off to be having that. It'd be a summer day, a rainy summer day, and you'd put on Home Alone, and there's Christmas stuff. It's just. You know, or Home Alone 2, where they all go to Miami or somewhere and it's raining and he ends up in New York. Yeah, seemed a little, you know, that's kind of meta. Okay. I think, honestly, though, I think Christmas movie is almost its own genre, like uh, comedy would be, but every genre has subgenres. Some are more, you know, off there, off the norm. Some of them are just kind of a Christmas spirit. Some of them are a big, warm, sugary hug, you know, that you're just, they're designed to make you feel a little better. A brief sugar high before you realize. Those were empty calories.
1: Is that how you feel about the Hallmark movies? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Let's let's talk about the Hallmark movies mm. since they've come up as Dave cringes a little bit across the table.
0: I'm making the fart face. When someone in the car <laughs> on a road trip lets one rip and no one's going to admit it, and you're just like, uh, that's my face right now.
1: Hallmark movies are frustrating. Because they are the the same template, essentially, every single time. They find something a little bit different to do each time, and yet they wheel out three or four or I don't even know how many new ones each year, and then they recycle the old ones that they've done in years past. And it's, it's all the same template, and all my word, if it's just not sugary goodness, you ought to be just... Chomping down on Christmas cookies or having candy canes while you're watching these because my God just be ashamed to yourself. Yeah, because my gosh, and have have a hot chocolate with you be wrapped up in a blanket and just have the biggest goofy grin on your face because that's what they do.
0: You know, some kids eat candy all the live long day and they kick over from diabetes at twenty five. That's what those movies are. But not even that, it goes back to one of our earlier podcasts, What makes a good movie? My rule of number one, it's got to be entertaining. And I've been forced to watch several of those Hallmark movies. I have I know of what I speak. They are not entertaining at all. They are the same characters. Insert different name. Insert different actor. Maybe a different snowy city. And the big corporations coming in to take over the little guy, whether it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, which was kind of a Christmassy movie, but not really. Wait. Which one was that? You got, no, you got mail. I think it was that was more. That was not so much of a Christmas movie, but um, same kind of template. But to set in a Christmas yes. environment, you get the idea. They are they're not entertaining. They're as absolutely predictable as you can guess. The acting is bad with people you've never heard of before. You know, if you did the exact same movie that was not a Christmas theme, you'd never have that movie see the light of day. If they did the same thing for Halloween or any other holiday, no, no, thank you, no, thank you.
1: But yet, there is there are a lot of people who who like to watch those. I, I was asking a friend about it as I mentioned earlier, and I said, "Why do you like watching these movies?" Are you know? And she's like, "I know exactly what's going to happen, and I, I know exactly what's going to happen, and yet it makes you feel so good and nice and warm and fuzzy inside."
0: And I'm, I don't criticize. I don't criticize the people that like them. I just criticize the product. Some yeah, pe- the movies. Some yes, people that's like right. some people like marshmallow peeps around Easter. I can't stand them. It's just way too much fluff. I feel sick after just They're one airy. of them. Oh yep. God, no! It's, <laughs> that is what those Christmas movies are on Hallmark. There, those marshmallow peeps. If they made them with Santa's face, that's exactly what they are. And if people like them, that's fine. I don't criticize everyone. I've got movies that I really like that are guilty pleasures that nobody else is going to like. I don't care. And that's okay. I'm only. Yep. I would criticize those movies that I like that are embarrassing too, but I still like them. So, so can you?
1: Do you think they just exist so that people can put them on in the background while they are setting up their house?
0: No, I think it's to exist to be a marketing tool. I think Hallmark does their, their 25 or 31 days of Christmas, 31 days of Halloween. They do the 25 days of Christmas. And I'd Are tell you ya, kidding?
1: They do like two months of Christmas.
0: I know it. They started around Halloween, and I'm not even kidding. And they just call it the 25 Days of Christmas when they re-air the first 25 shows they did back in October and November.
1: I thought 25 Days of Christmas was already taken. By ABC Family and they, now Freeform. They
0: blend so much together. I couldn't tell you which is which because all yeah, okay. they do is show Christmas movies. Okay. So it's. I think it's to good a marketing tool. You Whether it's Lifetime or Lifetime Movie Channel or uh, Freeform or whatever, Disney something, something that's out there. You know, it would be almost more fun if they showed the TV sitcoms but only showed the Christmas episodes. That might be kind of fun. Here's a Roseanne episode followed by a Scrubs episode followed by The Simpsons Christmas. Followed by, if they could do that, yeah. that'd be kind of fun. Oh, yeah, that, no?
1: yeah, that would be funny. And that sort of bridges into another specter of talking about Christmas movies, which we'll get into here in a moment. But yeah, just, just tying off the, the Hallmark end of things. You know exactly what you're going to get, and yet there are people who just, they will... They will take what they're given when it comes to Hallmark, and they, they will love every minute of it because, boy, if it doesn't hit you in the feels to give you that, that warm, sugary feeling here at this time of year.
0: And may Lord have mercy on your soul.
1: <laughs> but it does exist, and people love going that direction, so oh well. Rick and Nick TalkFlix is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, and we're happy to have them as the sponsor of the podcast here uh, as we bring you our Christmas and holiday episode of Rick and Nick. Speaking of, I, I got to
0: back up real quick. I wonder if we had a female co-host here, if this would be more of a debate about. And I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the gals. I'm just trying to say, I guarantee you, we'd get somebody in here. They'd be like, "Oh, those Lifetime movies—they're the best things ever. I love Tori Spelling. And I love. Oh man, I know that it's our perspective. We're a couple of guys, so we're not expected to like the Lifetime movies, right?" But you know, we're manly men. You're wearing
1: plaid today. and I didn't shave, and we're like, yeah. But we know why people appreciate those movies. Yeah. We we just look at it and go, from a movie perspective, this is the same cookie cutter thing every time. You just change the sprinkles up a little bit each time. There is a very good metaphor. Yeah, I thought it was. A Enjoy those movies. One.
0: Feel good about them. Just don't invite us over to watch them with you.
1: Good plan, Dave. Right, we're moving I like on. That. I'm sorry, yes. I just get it back. Moving on, what you said about TV episodes was an interesting one because I was thinking about that when we were preparing for this episode in the uh, short interim that we were given after we found out that that we would have to fill in once again. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about TV episodes, and they have the luxury of being maybe a 20 minute to 25 minute type kind of episode, or in the case of a longer one, maybe like 40 to 45 minutes, but they don't have to go quite as long. They don't have to make a movie about it. And yet, you can insert one in during each season when it gets to be about Christmas time. You insert one in, you're done, you keep moving on within the story, but you've already got elements of the story that you can put together with it. Christmas movies have to be a bit longer than that, but there are a sector of Christmas quote unquote movies that are of the 20 to 25 minute, half hour variety. And those being some of those older animated classics that get played at this time of year or those made-for-TV specials that sometimes different movie franchises will make and put together. And I know that we're going to drift into one that maybe is a sore subject for you, Dave. But uh, starting with the 20- the 20 to 25-minute variety, there are a lot of great cartoon ones and stop-motion ones that exist sure. from back in the day that are classics and could be considered of the quote unquote movie variety. Yeah.
0: You're talking things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and I didn't who did love that when a they were Santa kids? Claus and, oh, and yeah. Santa Claus
1: is coming to town.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I was a fan of those growing up and I've got a wee dude at the house. We will still watch that and my wife still loves that and I get a kick out of watching it too. Um, that's fun, you know, and that's not necessarily designed for um, you know, adults necessarily, unless they're nostalgic about it. It's designed for kids. So while it may have a definite leg up over the Lifetime variety, it's still entertaining to watch, even when I remember getting excited when it was coming up when I was a kid. And as my kiddo gets older, it'll be part for him. Um, the specials. And if you want to have a little fun tying into our previous episode, you ever see the Star Wars holiday special? The infamous that, special?
1: That was what I said might be a sore subject for you, Not Dave. a
0: sore subject. Oh, it's not? Horrible misstep. Oh,
1: my word. I, oh, no. Don't misunderstand oh, not don't misunderstand. my me. word. I
0: think it was complete rubbish. But it was still... Oh, my word. It was still what it was and you can't always expect things to go very well when it comes to something like that but that one was pretty darn bad
1: <laughs> the star wars holiday special 1978 what, one of the biggest missteps in star wars oh, yeah. history but oh my word you find the footage of that thing it's it's beyond belief. I think it's... It, it is it's beyond, beyond belief.
0: On it, it's, I think the entirety of it is on YouTube, so go look it up. It's really... It's got the entire cast. Um, I mean, everybody. But uh, it's, it's rough. The only good, redeeming thing about that is that's where Boba Fett was introduced. Correct. In a cartoon. But that is it. Everything else is... Eh.
1: We got... And we only got like a, a, a little slice of Boba Fett. That was about yeah. it. But then... And then he made his way into the upcoming movie. But that was... That was basically the only redeeming quality of the movie. I mean, Princess Leia, what was going on? What what in the world was going on?
0: Yeah, they were just getting ready to start filming Empire Strikes Back. So they said, before we film the big movie, let's do this little one. But besides, we will get off Star Wars, because we already did a whole podcast on that. But other things that come up like uh, the Oh, Charlie-
1: it's, it's worth mentioning, though. It oh, is it's absolutely worth, worth mentioning.
0: mentioning. It ties into the last one, plus a big movie coming up here pretty quick. Um but things like um uh Charlie Brown Christmas who doesn't love shows like that or Frosty the Snowman you know uh those were really fun special events would come up and when they would come up you'd get excited they'd come back every year as much as say Wizard of Oz tends to get played on TV around Thanksgiving for some reason some of those classic uh special specials they come up around that and it's fun to get back to. Them.
1: Yeah and I I enjoyed some of those those more classic cartoon and stop motion ones that you get like A Year Without a Santa Claus is among my favorite Christmas movies. I I love Snow Miser versus Heat (laughs) Miser in that movie and and the songs that they sing. And Some of the lines are hilarious, like the doctor who's treating Santa and makes the, the comments that he does like, No one gives a hoot and holler anymore about Christmas! Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas to you. It's just little (laughs) things like that uh, that are great, and the humor that they include in them, too.
0: Yeah, and even when you're talking about a regular show, um, they can do Christmas in a couple of different ways.
1: Like, for right, I'm
0: on Netflix right now, I'm just going through the West Wing. And they don't do a Christmas episode really, but there's one episode out of the year right around Christmas time where the White House is decorated in garland and Christmas lights, and people are singing in the other room. And but the episode's not about that; it's and, a background. And you
1: know it. that that at that time of year, back when that episode aired. Yeah. It was probably about Christmas time
0: sure and it is designed to kind of blend in and be part of things whether it's on, right. in that in that case it was on NBC all the NBC shows did stuff like that around Christmas time so oh, yeah. it' was like Christmas wasn't just in your house It was on the TV coming into your house and then other shows will do a Christmas episode um Scrubs is one of the better ones the first season they did one where one of the characters you know working in a hospital is not easy. And you're just kind of losing your Christmas mojo until all of a sudden a Christmas miracle happens and restores your faith. Well, obviously, it's all about Christmas, not just as their tinsel hanging in the background in the episode, but they'll work it in as a storyline, and it makes it kind of fun.
1: Let me ask you this, Dave. Do you think there's a limitation to what can be done with Christmas movies moving forward? Or do you think that it's that it is possible you know I, I i think about that when we go back to what what we were talking about with Hallmark and the way that they go back to the same formula every single time with every single movie do you think there's a limitation to what can be come up, what you can come up with with christmas movies or do you think that it is possible for a movie or a couple movies every year to come out that that sort of break the mold and come up with something new and creative.
0: No, I think you. It's like anything else, any other genre. If you keep doing the same thing, then you're left with a hallmark fluff. You know, if whether take horror movies for example, if you keep doing the same thing, slasher movies were the craze in the eighties. Boy, what a transition there, huh? Uh, yeah. Slasher movies were the craze in the eighties, and by the nineties, we'd had enough, and it was you had to come up with something different, and the genre died out. Well, because Christmas seems to get a pass, you get the same thing, same thing, same thing. Same, it goes right to Hallmark. But if you come up with something different, and I kind of made mention to you uh, off before we started podcasting here, Shane Black, well-known director and writer, especially, um, loves to set his movies at Christmas time. Now, whether about Christmas or they just happen to be, we're talking the first Die Hard, we're talking Lethal Weapon, Iron Man three, Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Christmas is a character there, so you can call him a non-traditional.
1: Juxtaposing the movie and what's happening in it against the backdrop, the traditional backdrop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So could you call him a Christmas movie? Yeah. And we'll get into the the non-traditional Christmas movies. But do they have to be a feel-good piece? Some movies like The Ref, you know, is a, kind of a non-traditional Christmas movie, but it is all about Christmas.
1: You Google Christmas movies and that one comes up.
0: It's yep. on the top of the list. It's very much a Christmas movie, but it's... It's. I wouldn't call it a feel good movie. It's sort of a. It's about divorce. Is really what it's about. If you've never seen it, but it's a very. It's the probably the Christmas movie with the most f bombs in it, short of Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. But it's up there, and it's a, still a good Christmas movie. Um, Gremlins comes up. You know, um, there's a lot of things you can do with Christmas, and those some of those keep Christmas in the background. You can put Christmas front and center and still come up with something that's better than the same old schlock that comes out on Hallmark. There is no
1: limitations, more so than you put on yourself. By going against the grain, essentially, is is the way that maybe things could could be shook up or, or something new, basically. Or using that, that theme, the thematic feelings that come with this time of year, and juxtaposing it against. I guess that's why we get some of the some of the the dirtier comedies that sometimes come along at this time of year like bad santa you know something like yeah. that you, you try and flip it around by going the opposite direction because people are are maybe wanting something that goes against the grain which i'm not as much a fan of at least in, in terms of those regards but it is at least coming up with something a little bit different than than what we've seen in the past but you know you you wonder you know where where will it go down the road at least with trying to come up with new ideas because it almost feels like there should be a limit of ideas and yet because there are some non-traditional ones that get in the mix and because you get those those other stories that sort of kind of go against the grain with with what you get this time of year feelings wise there is a whole nother litany of ideas you can have.
0: Well, and they don't always have to be feel gooders either. I mean look at National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What's <laughs> the if you could sum up what that movie is about in one word, the word Stress, survival. Seems to be appro- survival, you know, all seem to be appropriate. When you get the in laws coming over, you're out of your element, you're out of your comfort zone, and you just have to try to grit your teeth and make your way through it. It's become a holiday classic. And hope movie. for a Christmas bonus? Yeah, a, a Christmas story is not a the jelly one. of the month club. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> whether you're talking leg lamps and major awards and, you know, bullies down the street. You know, that very much is a Christmas movie. You know, it's it depends on what you want to do. But if you go into Christmas movies, okay, we're going to do a Christmas movie. Okay, well, it's got to be this, it's got to be this, it's got to be this. Automatically, you're putting yourself into the Hallmark Channel. But if you come up with a good story and if you can work in a christmas theme there or just even set it at christmas you got something different
1: that's why home alone works yeah. so well because you set it up against the christmas backdrop and everything that's going on and one kid who's just trying to find his way and who maybe maybe is trying to learn a lesson or two out of all of this as he gets left at home um you know wishes that that he didn't have a family and then you know he does get left at home and suddenly he's got to fend for himself against Two uh two robbers who are maybe not the brightest the bulbs bandits. in the pack. Yeah, maybe not the brightest bulbs in the pack, especially one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, with that trademark of theirs. Come on, Bob. But but, uh, but at the same time, it still bra- it still invokes the that the some of those the the spirit and some of the lessons that that you have at the at the Christmas time of season. Um, so it and it it works extremely well then that way with a movie like that. Plus, you get all of the the slapstick humor and and everything that goes on there
0: huge box office hit it was one of the bigger hits not just of the 90s but of all time i mean it's it's still big you know
1: and has spawned quite a few sequels off of it number two was pretty good after that i think it was just kind of i saw half of
0: one of the i saw two of course but i saw maybe half of one of the others and there's a reason why no one knows anything after home alone Two.
1: right because it just kind of stopped after yeah. that it, it stopped being good so um, so basically th- that movie there's a good example of something that works with coming up with something that is maybe a little bit against the grain and yet it's still great for the family you still get those those Christmas lessons and, and and the spirit of the holidays that that comes out through that and it's all set up against that backdrop and yet you do something different with it in this case of a slapstick variety yeah
0: well is Christmas a character part of the you know the forefront? Or is it just background? You know, and it's also kind of fun to do uh, commentary on things that happen around Christmas time. Uh, I remember in the mid '90s when the Tickle Me Elmo was the thing, and people were fighting literally oh dukes in the in the store aisles on the season of giving, and people are fighting. Well, they made a social commentary about that when they did Jingle All the Way with a Turbo Man doll, but it was it yeah. wasn't. I wouldn't call it a great example of a movie, but.
1: It still has me crack up every it, time I watch it. But it's it. still
0: something different, yep. you know? Should, should I bring up the fact that that movie was filmed on my street?
1: I think it's worth doing.
0: Should we take a brief sidebar? Did you guys know this? Brief sidebar, yes. Did, did you know that, that the house where, the, where the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Phil Hartman lives was two doors down from where I grew up? I lived on that street. And this is down in the Twin Cities. Um And this is – I was two doors down from where they were. It's a cul-de-sac. And they filmed it on the street anyway in April. April of 96 is when they filmed it. And so the movie came out in Christmas '96. Funny enough, I was in college at the time, and a whole bunch of us went down to watch the the long weekend of filming they were going to do on the street. It just so happened to be 80-degree weather oh in April. Word. There was no snow. You've
1: told me this story. I don't think you included that part when we discussed it, though. It was though. 80 degrees. Oh, my goodness. They had
0: cotton bales all over to look like snow. And the funny <laughs> thing is all the neighbors that still live there got to be extras. Well, that means they're walking around in the neighborhood wearing parkas in 80-degree weather. So it was worth it. Was but rough. worth
1: it if you want to get in the movies. Yeah.
0: So it was, it was cool. It was neat. Um, there was some downtime where we got to hang out. Phil Harmer was a hoot. I remember we were, we had, uh, if you guys are from the Twin Cities, you know what Lian Chin is. It's good, like yuppie Chinese takeout food. Really good, though. And so we ordered it. We're having Chinese takeout food. On our front lawn and on the neighbor's lawn, Phil Hartman's giving interviews to like Access Hollywood or whoever. And he kind of noticed and he, so he came over. we like, yeah, you can have. X. So he came over, he did some Troy McClure voices, did a little Bill Clinton. And um, Schwarzenegger was very standoffish. He had two stand in doubles. But it was really neat to see him do it and a lot of the night shots. You did
1: see him smoking a cigar though here. All and
0: there. that, I'll tell you this, you know, for a guy that was the chief of health and for when the first President Bush was in office. He had an appointment of like physical education or something, wellness, something along those lines. This man was a chimney. There was a scene where – I don't remember if it made the final cut of the movie. I think it did – where he had to drive his car into the driveway. And then Phil Hartman stops him and he's talking in the driveway and he drives into the driveway. So they're ready to roll film. He's got his big stogie in his mouth. He hands it off to his assistant. Roll film actually goes and doesn't think cut. The guy runs down the street with the stogie, hands it back. He's and they did the scene like three times. They did the same each time. The man was a chimney. Um, but it was a really cool time. It was really neat to see it. Uh not the best of movies. But it was really cool to see it and meet it. I never got to meet Sinbad, but Schwarzenegger, yes. Cracks me up every Rita time Rita Wilson watch married to Tom Hanks. Tom yep. Hanks is, uh, at the time, just a baby was there. And it was nice to, I don't remember which baby it was, but it was uh, it was nice to meet him. It was a really cool experience. And uh, snowflakes in the movies, by the way, potato flakes. Don't, really? Don't look up. <laughs> well, somebody, they had a fire truck down there with a ladder up and they're shooting potato flakes through a fan. And they said, "Don't look up. You're going to get one in the eye." And somebody did, and they went to the hospital that night because they got stabbed in no the eye way! by a snowflake. Yeah, true story. Oh my! It was a really cool time. It was. I would suggest if you get a chance to have a movie filmed in your yard, it's is really neat. So it's weird having your Christmas decorations up in April. And, Correct. But it was really
1: cool. Great sidebar, Dave. Yeah, because a little sidebar. I, I love hearing that story and. This time around, I got to pick up another piece or two out of it. so yeah. that's fantastic.
0: And if you want to just go to Mickey's Diner, St. Paul downtown, oh they, they yeah. filmed part of it there too. So Classic. A lot yep. of movies been filmed there.
1: And I know a friend of mine has pointed out if you go in there, they'll point out like that's where Arnold sat, that's yep. where Sinbad sat, you know, just yep. like that. So well, they
0: filmed Mighty Ducks. They filmed Prairie Home Companion. They filmed a bunch of movies that Mickey's Diner is right. one of those spots. I've eaten there many times. So anyway, back to the her sidebar.
1: Yeah, let's get into the non-traditional ones since you mentioned it because that's been another niche that has come about here in the last couple of decades. Would you say it started, I guess it didn't start with Die Hard because Gremlins preceded Die Hard, but they're in the 80s it seems like. Those non-traditional ones started to come along. Gremlins, Die Hard, handed off into the 90s a little bit. Nightmare Before Christmas, that'd be another one that's maybe a little bit more non-traditional Let's not, as for, well. let's not,
0: let's not forget, let's go into the horror genre, Black Christmas. Clearly a Christmas movie, and it was a slasher movie. And it came out before Halloween did. Halloween and Friday the 13th, in a way kind of followed Black Christmas by going the realm of let's have a horror movie set at a popular holiday or popular notorious day. This is probably one you don't even know about. They've actually done a remake a couple years ago, but the original was like 75 or something like that. And I'm sure there's something even before that. So you know, non-traditional Christmas movies, I think, have been around probably almost as long as a traditional Christmas movie. And I think the good thing about non-traditional Christmas movies, as much as I like throwing on Christmas Vacation or uh, It's a Wonderful Life, it's you know it's it's like eating cake every day. It's cake, 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 cake. Sometimes you want some steak, or you want something different, or a different piece of candy. And so something like The Ref or Die Hard or something comes up that you just, it's something different. As a Christmas movie, still has a spirit in a way, but it's something different. It's just a change is good.
1: Yes, something a little bit different to change it up, even if you look at something like Die Hard and go, I don't know if this is a Christmas movie, which some people do. Come on Some people do look at it and say, I don't know if this is a Christmas movie, but there are other people who will fight tooth and nail to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie.
0: I say it's a non-traditional Christmas movie, but Christmas movie indeed it is. Now I have a machine gun. Huh? Ha,
1: ha. See, and that's why it works as being one because you add in those Christmas elements, including the season, including some of the themes, and and yet you've got it juxtaposed against this shoot 'em up, save the world kind of movie. Although they get more and more ridiculous with each one, but John McClane is at least a bit of a normal cop in the first one, yeah. at the very least.
0: Yeah, and the second one, arguably, but it was, you know, it was trying to force the same magic again. It doesn't happen. Die Hard 2 is not a bad movie, but it's just, it just, it pales big time to the sequel.
1: So you would then say The Batman Returns is a Christmas movie? Mm,
0: yeah, in a very non traditional sense, yeah, but is it?
1: Come on, Penguin is trying to figure out his family. Yeah. Oswald Copperpot.
0: Yeah. If you're looking for a superhero Christmas, you could do Batman Returns. Iron Man Three, I would say, is a much better example. Um clearly Christmas there, front and center.
1: Yes. I don't know. I I feel like you know, Batman Returns, you you Google Christmas movies yeah. and Batman Returns is listed on there. Yeah. Which it which is kind of true. It's all set against the backdrop of Christmas and winter in Gotham. So I mean, I th- guess it kind of works. I think it
0: almost belongs to the Hallmark movie channel because it just wasn't that good. It wasn't that good as a superhero movie. It wasn't that great as a movie. So, as a Christmas movie, it falls into the same category. You certainly can classify it just like you can classify Medea's Family Christmas with Tori Spelling as a great Christmas movie because it's not.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's what I say. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so with all that in mind, Dave, let's get to some of our favorites. What are, right. what are a couple of your favorites? The ones that really stand out for you? Oh, you
0: know, I'm extremely biased on this first one just because it's home for me as Jingle All the Way. It's very it's familiar to me because my house, that house where the it's only in a couple of shots. It's not our house anymore. We moved out of there about a year or two after they filmed the movie. But it still looks different now today in 2017 than it did when it was in the movie it's still home to me and i remember being yeah. there and all so that to me is literally going home for christmas so it's a it's not the greatest movie i will no will not lie to you but it's for me it's i'm very biased if we're going to talk a traditional movie it's got to be a christmas story i love a christmas story from you'll shoot your eye out kid and santa kicking you down the slide um to the fact that it really i almost i got into a debate with somebody once they thought that movie was legitimately from the 40s because it's supposed to look like it's from the 30s wow. or 40s. The movie came out in 1982, I think, 83, 82, right in there. Um, 83. 83. The kid who plays Ralphie is a year older than me. Wow. And if you want a really interesting piece of trivia, he's good friends with Vince Vaughn and um um. Oh, I can see his name, I can't see his face. Oh, anyway, he he's a movie producer now, and he he's on. He was a producer on the original Iron Man movie. Um, so yeah, he's out there. Um, uh, so that's probably my favorite traditional Christmas movie and untraditional. Oh, it might be die hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll put it this way. When I do, when I do my Christmas shopping and my Christmas wrapping, I kind of do it in one big burst. I'll get a little thing here and get thing there, but I'll stash them and I'll stash them somewhere in the house. And then I do one big like wrap a palooza. And I kick my wife out of whatever room I'm in. I said, You cannot come up here for any reason whatsoever, not even if you're on fire and this is the only working spigot. You're just going to have to burn. I'm wrapping Christmas presents uh-huh. here. And I'll put on something, you know, and that's not always a Christmas movie, but sometimes it is. And I put on Die Hard. And she's hearing, you know, bad words and explosions. What kind of Christmas movie are you watching? Only the best non traditional Christmas movie in the world, Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> yeah, of course. She's never seen Die Hard, which is funny. Maybe this is the year I've made an attempt. She's like, I don't, I, I don't want, I don't like Bruce Willis. I don't want to see it. It's like, Okay,
1: keep trying, Dave.
0: I've seen the Lifetime Channel movies that you put on. You might just want to watch something, in my opinion, that is superior. So those are my three, I guess. Oh, uh, you, you have a core
1: down. three then? Okay. Not, not
0: really. I just kind of loosely pulled on some strings. I could probably come, Lethal Weapon is about as good as Die Hard. Um you know, I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as something a little more modern. And that's fun and very quirky. Yeah. And they're all Shane Black, so there's there's a and, right. and I wonder, he's got the new The Predator movie coming out. I wonder if that'll be set at Christmas time. oh man. wonder.
1: That's a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Since you've observed that amongst all of his movies, yeah, it's
0: come up, and he he says he does it because everybody can relate to it. So it's something to yeah, pull you into the movie. Absolutely, everybody does Christmas. So he sets a lot of them at Christmas time. Bet you didn't notice that before today.
1: No, that's really neat and worth pointing out. Though, i I've got a bunch that that Hit come me. to mind that that I really enjoy. You know, one that we haven't somehow mentioned out of all of this time. But it. speaking of movies that if you are wondering if if the Christmas theme can yield new movies and new ideas, Elf is proof that it can. Oh, yeah. A good Elf call. is absolutely good proof call. that it can. That's a an early 2000s movie that is iconic in the Christmas spectrum. People love Elf. I mean, you ask mo- a lot of people what their favorite Christmas movie is. I guarantee you will get a large portion who will say Elf within the mix of, of their favorite Christmas movies. And why not? I mean, it's it's Will Ferrell just being goofy. And, and the whole theme works extremely well you know elf who learns he's not an elf and goes and and wants to try to find his family and now finds out oh m- oh wow my dad's kind of a jerk and he's on the naughty list so
0: do you know what elf really is it's a hallmark channel movie it sprung off the screen into the real world of Die Hard. oh, oh i wow. just blew your mind
1: wow man I don't know. It's it's not it's not quite as simplistic though as some of the Hallmark ones. No, you know, no. it's he is the Will Ferrell. Ah, uh, yes, yes, he his he would character. be the two-legged Hallmark yep. movie. Buddy the Elf is just that. You know, walking around, squirting Hershey syrup into his mouth and and eating eating marshmallows and and candy canes and candy corns and all the different food groups and and syrup, lots and lots of syrup. Candy yep. corn a Christmas treat uh, anyway. Well, that's what he said was one of the food groups when when he was making his uh, incredible breakfast with the spaghetti. So, uh, so Elf uh, Elf is definitely one that I that I enjoy watching at this time of year. I love the first two Home Alones. It, yeah. You know, I, I grew up always. I, I would love getting to the part where Kevin puts his his plan into motion and just seeing all the stuff that would happen to Marvin Harry. It's 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 great. It, it works extremely well within the the confines of the Christmas time of year. Um, it's, it's just a really clever film then in that way. I, my family loves watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's, it is a That's staple. really become a staple. Yeah, yes. It for is a, a lot of people. It is a staple for us to watch. Now, I had to get to a certain age to be able to watch that movie. That was one of the stipulations when I was growing up. I had to get to be a certain age to watch that movie. But oh my word. It, it, there are so many quotable lines slash incredible moments in that movie Clark stringing up his house with lights and all of the the hysterics that go into doing that. Aunt Bethany saying grace, actually anything that Aunt Bethany says in that movie. Um, Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie is, is empty in the sewer, extraordinary. Oh, the the sewer and and then uh, when he go and Clark shooting down on his uh, on his saucer with that special product that he puts on it and everything um and then of course all that happens at the end with Clark's boss and everything it's just it really is a good christmas movie oh it's it's hilarious i i mean i'm driven practically to tears watching that movie and who could forget the uh, cutting down the griswold family christmas tree as well any time somebody even talks about going to get a tree I'm immediately starting to quote lines from the movie, or say, "Let's not. Let's make sure we don't get a tree that busts out through the the ceiling of of the room that we're in."
0: It's the complete opposite of the standard Charlie Brown tree. That's some sad, oh, sorry, yeah. leaning over.
1: Absolutely. Um. Another one that I that I love that. Uh, speaking of movies that that come up with a neat concept, the Santa Claus is a yeah. great movie and great sequel second one was very good third one was was not great but first and second ones were terrific the first one in particular I I love the Santa Claus it's it's so good Tim Allen is is perfect for it he starts out as this this grumpy guy who who ends up getting slid into the role of Santa quite remarkably and all the all the other th- ripple effects that that has across his life it's it's great great cast. They put Judge Reinhold in it, and he he's awesome. I forgot about that one, yeah. Neil with his sweaters, yeah. Oh, it's it's great, great movie. Neat concept too. They that was a, a really really clever one.
0: You know, I have meant to bring him up, but I completely just they spaced me. One movie that you've probably never heard of, but you should see. It's a Christmas movie. Just Friends. Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris, Chris Klein. It's uh, basically Ryan Reynolds when he's younger. He's a fat kid, and he's got a big crush on his friend. <laughs> and he gets older, and now he's like you know Ryan Reynolds. He's a stud. So he goes home, tries to woo the girl at Christmas time, and everything that can go wrong. Goes wrong. It is a funny movie. Christmas is front and center. And if you really want to go for the raunch factor, then go for uh, Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Oh my! It's a hoot. It's a it's a good one, but it's it's horrible. Oh my! But it's awesome.
1: Is that one of your guilty pleasures, Dave? No,
0: it's just straight up front and center. If you know, it's it's the kind of Christmas movie that you wear while wearing a Christmas sweater that's actually a tube top and eating a Slim Jim. Gotcha. From a truck
1: stop. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I I had to pause for a moment. Definition was... of
0: pregnant pause.
1: My gosh. <laughs> My family also enjoys watching the uh, the the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the the live action one with Jim Carrey, all done that, up in that.
0: Funny enough, that is not allowed in our house. My wife is so against it. She really? Loves, she loves the cartoon one.
1: Oh, the cartoon one's great.
0: But because I think because she loves it so much, she just didn't. And I don't think she likes Jim Carrey. That's probably got something oh. to do with it. But she just no. She, she is was,
1: a riot in that movie, though. He is a riot.
0: I have seen it. I think it's a fun movie. It's, you know, I like the cartoon. The movie's a little, you know, surreal. Definitely surreal. Right. But it's uh it, yeah, it's it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so that's another one that I that I put in the mix that I enjoy watching this time of year. Um as far as the cartoon ones are concerned, Year Without a Santa Claus just gets me. I I love that movie. I, I, well, show, but I I love I love watching that one because the lines are Hilarious snow miser versus heat miser. I, I mean, the whole sequence where the two of them are calling each other on the hotline—it's <laughs> it's got a very much a Cold War feeling to it. And they're they're brothers, and they're going back and forth across the screen. And Mrs. Claus is trying to mediate between the two of them. And you've got um you've got snow miser saying, "Mind your blood pressure, cakes and then and then heat miser's running in midair. It's it's just hilarious.
0: You know, it's the fun thing about Christmas time really, what it comes comes down to is one of the things I like to do when christmas even now is things I like to do when I was a kid you know I'm married I have a kid I have a mortgage and I love to build snow forts you know, Fort Awesome will rise from the snowy ashes. And since we have a big snow blizzard coming in today, it could, perhaps, arrive tonight. <laughs> it usually takes a couple of good snowstorms to get one yes. going. Um, so, And movies are part of that. If you can go back and harken movies that maybe you don't love now but you used to love then, you still love them now. Oh, yeah. I would love to watch Kevin McAllister throw paint cans at the bad guys. Because I loved it when I was younger. Because we can't do
1: that Because you can't do it, but it's yep. also,
0: it's hearkening back to when you were younger, you yep. know, and it's kind of fun. You almost feel like you're in your old living room, you know, in your old house, parents in the house, even if they're not, it feels like they are.
1: Last two that make the cut for me, Jingle All the Way, I love it. It makes me laugh so <laughs> much. My family, we, we crack up all the time. Yes, it's not the greatest movie in terms of plot, in terms of creativity, blah, 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 but the themes of it in terms of like the the consumerism that comes with this time of year and just that that satire on it I, I crack up at that especially sinbad in particular when he goes on his rant about the about the consumer nature of this time of year love that and then it's a wonderful life is a classic you it's it's timeless it's great to watch this time of year there's another one that is set against the backdrop of the christmas season even though a lot of the movie takes place at other times of year and goes into other themes but but what a great reminder of some of the larger things
0: you know, somewhere I still have a picture of uh, my friends and I from college and Phil Hartman on my driveway where I was growing up. I have it somewhere. but We just, just got to get it unpacked from somewhere. I should put that up on Facebook on Thursday, Throwback Thursday. Tag my old college friends. That'd be kind of fun because I'm sure their friends yes. don't believe. Yeah, right. You went, and read it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the picture proof. Oh, I think. I, I got to find it. It's somewhere. I got to find it.
1: Find it. I want to see it. Because I'll, I'll that's, put it up on Facebook. That's great. Yes. Well, I think we covered all the bases when it comes to Christmas movies just about yes yeah,
0: Christmas is such a fun time. you know it's fun it to is. grab your candy cane and go watch something fun and funny or new or something retro and it's you know busting out those old video games that you got for Christmas in 1990 something and busting it out again because it still makes you feel like Christmas morning um, get out there and have some fun, whether it's Christmas movies or something else uh, and it can be a stressful time, but if you just focus on the good things, it makes a big difference.
1: Two movies I still want to see that that weren't mentioned today. I haven't seen Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, amazingly, okay. and I have not seen White Christmas either.
0: I never saw White Christmas. I saw the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I never saw the one with Mara Wilson and but and Richard Attenborough. Well, I'd
1: probably go the original. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. I like it.
0: that one. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know if there's a lot of Christmas movies I haven't seen that aren't on the Hallmark Channel. Uh
1: there's another one that, that my family likes that my mom really likes this the classic the classic a Christmas Carol. She enjoys yeah. watching that one too. There's there's another one.
0: I've seen a hundred versions of that. What I would really like to do, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little shout out here. It's it's not really a movie, but this is something else. Uh the Bemidji State University Choir. They do the madrigal dinners. And when I was in college, I was on the Mads as, as well. It's dinner theater. Very Christmassy. They just moved it this year to Concordia uh, Language Villages. But I highly recommend doing it. It is a show. It's a comedy. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek and corny. But they give you food, and it's a good time. And I'll tell you what, by the time you walk out, you almost need to hire a driver. Not because you're drunk, necessarily, but because it just the end of it is designed to put you into a trance. Oh, whoa. And you just kind of... Will float out of there. And it just feels so good. And it's just a really good experience. So if you've never gone and checked out the Bemidji State University Madrigal Dinners, I highly suggest you do it. Not just because I used to be in them, but because it's just, it's a heck of a good show.
1: That's quite a entrancing way to end this episode.
0: There you go. Get yourself some tickets, you'll love it.
1: <laughs> Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, and we're so pleased to have them on board as a sponsor for this podcast i'm joel hoover i'm dave brooks have a very merry christmas and happy holidays happy new year all of the above and we will see you at the movies or on the couch at home with a cup of hot chocolate
0: watching the movies or under the tree gift wrapped bound in gag with pretty red ribbons either way enjoy